what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide order online at Picasso's Pizza. .net. So good to have you guys on Hump Day. My name is Joe Miller. I'm uh, the co-host of this show. You can find me on Twitter, Joe Miller Wire. That guy over there is not Jay Spence the King. Spence the King is not <laughs> Jerry O, tell them who you are and where they can find you. Hey, I'm the, uh, I am Jerry Ostrowski, former Buffalo Bill, uh, also known as the Big O. And um, if you want to find me right now, uh, I'm trying to find myself. I'm on Twitter at Jerry Ostrowski or at Ostrowski, O-S-T-R-O-S-K-I underscore big O. And uh, you can find me on Twitter. And uh, I met a lot of really good Bills people on Twitter, man. I got to meet a whole bunch of them uh, up in Kansas City recently when we were up there for that Chiefs game. It was awesome. Dude, that was a blast. It was great just getting to hang out hang out with you. I, I sent you a text afterwards that I met sincerely that there's just some people that like you meet and it's like, I think we've been friends forever. And yeah. that's how I felt kind of about you. Like the connection was real and it was fun. The group we had was great. Uh, Twitter is one of those things that you get out of it, what you put into it, right? If you put negative energy into it and cesspool energy, you're going to get cesspool and negative energy out of it. If you put good vibes into it, you meet good people, right? Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, Twitter can definitely be like what Chappelle says it is—a bathroom wall. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you allow it to be, but no, Twitter, Twitter's been a great tool. Got to meet a lot of people, and um, it's funny how these Zoom calls and these different types of things—you actually converse and talk and get to know people before you meet them. So, when you do meet them, you know, it's you, you just kind of—it's almost like you're catching up a little bit. So, yep. that's one thing out of COVID that we that we got that's positive. Yeah, this type of stuff. Absolutely. So uh, one of the reasons that I have you on the show uh, this episode uh, in Spence's absence is to talk about something that big that you've got going on. So I'm going to give the floor to you and you don't have to give all of the details because I know not all of them have been worked out yet, but you can give teasing details. Yes. Uh, yeah, you could say that. So basically recently, and I've had a blast being on these uh, filling in for John and doing these different things, filling in now for Spence, but um, podcasting is something I've always wanted to get into the video, the video pods and all of that. And um, we had been talking and uh, recently we got to talking a little bit with Spence. And um, so uh, next week on Thursday, uh, we'll be uh, recording our first live show. There'll be a couple of us. Um, it's going to be known as uh the three-man rush nice and um we're actually going to get into quite a bit of college football we're going to talk a lot about college football we will get into the bills since it is thursday we'll get ready for that weekend but you know by thursday last week's game has been forgotten about it's on to the next opponent so we'll break down a little bit of that upcoming game but we're going to get into a lot of college football and um we're uh, going to talk ub we're going to talk the bulls we're going to talk a little bit of syracuse orange and um you know, we're going to take this into the offseason as well. It's going to be a, a year-round show. Nice. And um, got some really cool uh, co-hosts um, that will be on with me. I don't know if I should. Go ahead. Go for it. I know who okay. they are. <laughs> All right. So, uh, <laughs> first, as you guys know him as the Buffalo Nerd, but uh, 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 Colt, Colt Schroeder is going to be on with us. And um, and then the other person who I'm really excited to, uh, to be on the show with, and we saw her in Kansas City. Right. And I told her the other day I felt like a total idiot because I'm like, if I'd have known that we were going to do this thing, we'd have hung out and like built a rapport. But at the time, I didn't know who it was going to be. But uh, uh, Sarah Larson, so you might know her for some other uh, some other pods, but uh, she's going to be on with us. Those uh, us three are going to compose uh, the show known as Three Man Rush, and uh, we'll uh, kick it off next Thursday here on the uh, Buffalo Rumblings uh, Network. So this is a college program, right? Yes. College football focusing, and you'll do some Bills talk as it pertains yes. to what's coming up this week. So like a quick hit on Bill stuff, just kind of because we have to. But you're looking to grow a whole new base, a whole new right. kind of like segment for, for Buffalo Rumblings and kind of content creation. Exactly. And I think the really cool thing about this is, is I live in Tulsa, mm -hmm. which is basically the center of the country. Sarah, she lives down in, in, in Florida, mm -hmm. and then Colt lives out in California. So – we're coast to coast. Um, even we got representation in the flyover state. So we can talk pretty much about everybody. We're going to hit the big games during the week. We're going to get into the top 25, you know, the playoffs and everything else. So uh, it'll be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And again, like I said, besides college, we're also going because, you know, hey, 
college players who are going into the NFL. So there'll be a little bit of that and how that morphs in with the Bills in the offseason, but also a little bit of Bills talk towards the end. So uh, it should be fun. We're uh, we're looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, you bring uh, outside of probably John, because John did color <clears throat> analyst stuff uh, for college football. You bring the most, uh, what's the word? Uh resume <laughs> to this right. stuff we're all doing because you actually were on the radio down there in Oklahoma for a while with the big O show. So welcome. Good to have you. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for Colt. I'm excited for Sarah. I'm excited for Buffalo rumblings. Uh, super awesome. Just to have you on the show as well. Thank you so much for filling in for Jay Spence. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into the hump day hotline here on the Buffalo rumblings vidcast network. We are super chat live. So if you want to, I'll, I'll do the best. Normally Jay Spence operates the comment section and I know you don't have the superpowers that he has control of the system. So I'll do my best, but if you want to get a comment or a question in for our conversation, uh, those of you that are in the chat in the comment section, please uh, super chat us, jump over to YouTube, super chat us. It just makes life so much easier for me as I generally ignore the comment section because I'm kind of focused on my notes. But we are going to talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, just the bills kind of coming back uh, off the buy. We're going to talk about the trade deadline. We want to talk about uh, Tredavious White. Uh, we're going to talk about the injury report, which isn't much of a report. And we're going to jump into the the Packers, the Bills Packers game this weekend, uh, which I'm super excited about. Now, you're not going to be here for this game this weekend. You're coming back for the Browns game, is that what you said? Um, no, we're. I'm actually trying to get back for the Jets game, which I believe is the 11th of December, I mm -hmm. believe, is when I'm trying to get back. So I have a son that plays at Tulsa, and um, he's now, you know, the, the Chiefs game fit great because that was his bye week. Mm -hmm. But now we're we're going to be, you know, we got two home games and we're on the road to Memphis. We come back for a home game, then we finish up in uh, in 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 uh, Houston after that. So we got five games left, making a push to get bowl eligible. So I'll be busy with that, and then also my other boy coaches at Drake University, and following them. So once that's over, we'll try to get up to Buffalo. Gotcha. Well, welcome everybody. Well, welcome to you. Welcome to everybody in the comments section. Real quick, Joey Hatch is in the room. David Levin's in the room. Uh, my buddy Scott DeGraff. Uh, be kind to my Packers, he says. They don't know which end is up, and Rogers' leadership is really showing up <laughs> or showing up uh, how he's really not there. Good luck, you guys, in <clears throat> the season. Scott, I'm going to be there. I uh, wish you were going to be too. It'd be awesome. Daniel Gowry is here. He says, What's up, Jerry O? Richard Rush is in the room, and uh, Buffalo Freddy, as always, is in the room. Twitter's a fill. Oh, that's a comment about our Twitter conversation, but he says, <laughs> hum day, hum day, which uh, that's normally, I should have, I should have cued you. That's what Jay Spence normally does to me. And then Jason Humbert is in the room. So we got a whole, we got a bevy of people, if you will. I need to remove that comment. A bevy of people, if you will. But let's jump right into this thing. And the first place that I want to start, uh, I guess, goes into the category of wildest dreams land. Now, you played for the Buffalo Bills nine years, 10 years. How long? Um, I was up there 10. If you count practice squad altogether, it was 10 years. And what year did you join the Bills? Uh, my first year, I came with six games left in the final Super Bowl season. The last one. So yes. when you came in as a young, kind of a, as not a youngster, but as a now, young. Now, if, if I actually came my draft year, I'm sorry to cut you off. It would have been when John came in. John and I were the same class, which was uh, 91, 92. Gotcha. So you came in a couple of years. You came into the league the same time, but you came to Buffalo right. a couple of years after. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out how I want to pose this question. So the Buffalo Bills, you know, in the AFL, they were founded in eight in 1960, 1860, in 1960, <laughs> um, they won a couple AFL championships, which people don't even remember or consider. Uh, they actually the they were the AFL champions the year before the first Super Bowl when so they beat Kansas City, right? right? And, then, and then Kansas City beat them and went to the first Super Bowl. Um, and after that, it was kind of like you know hit or miss. You know, there was a lot of bad years. The 70s were not kind to the Bills. The early 80s were not kind to the Bills, um, you know, and then obviously the, the Super Bowl years showed up. And that's and that's when you kind of joined the team when there was great culture and there was a lot of great players. And, you know, six or seven Hall of Famers came off of this team. And then you enter the, the period of the, the drought. Right. So uh, everything kind of goes down. Leadership changes, head coach changes and culture gets destroyed and the winning stuff that was always going on here gone forever. 17 years. And now it's kind of come back. And Buffalo, for a very long time, was just not – it was basically the place where players went to die. If, if that – you know, we were nicknamed right. Siberia. Nobody wanted to be here. <laughs> it was awful. And that has changed. And I would love to get just a player perspective just on your thoughts of what Buffalo used to be, where Buffalo went, and then where Buffalo has come to. And I, this is one of what I want to give you. So Von Miller today in his press conference said – and he just offered this, you know, it's an honor and a privilege to be a part of this 
organization. This is a first ballot Hall of Famer, two-time world champion, playing like the Defensive Player of the Year right now, Vaughn Miller. It's an honor and a privilege to be a part of this organization with these teammates, Josh Allen, Coach McDermott, the Bills Mafia. He said, you can't help but feel refreshed and be ready to go each and every Sunday. Uh, uh, I told you before we started, Dawson Knox in his presser today uh, said that he would have signed a 10-year extension with the Bills. This community, the fan base, and then everyone inside the building too, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Can you talk real quick just about that shift, being here when the culture was amazing and Buffalo was a juggernaut to basically being one of the biggest embarrassments in the league back to being a place where future hall of famers are like, I wouldn't be any place else, but here. I think that people need to understand the, the, the stigma that, that Buffalo has amongst the, the players and, and the, and, and that type of thing. And you talked about it, Siberia, you know, where you, where you go to die, it's cold, the winter, everything's miserable. There's nothing to do, but then you get guys that come up here and if you look at those great teams that the Bills had that went to all those Super Bowls, all those guys, 90% of them were drafted players. They were drafted players, and they were guys that they went ahead and they brought up, and they, they you know, mm. they, they raised them up. You know, we all know about Bruce and some of, the, uh, some of the stuff he had. They stuck with him. Bruce goes ahead, becomes a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Jim Kelly, he goes to the USFL, but comes back, he's a Hall of Famer. Andre Reed out of Kutztown. What's where's Kutztown? Well, it's by where I grew up, actually, in, <laughs> over by Allentown, Pennsylvania. He's right. a Hall of Famer. Thurman, uh, you know, has injury problems. That he slips to the second round, and he's a Hall of Famer. So you just keeps it keeps going on and on and on. And and what people don't realize is, if you look at all the other sports, you look at the Spurs when the Spurs had their run. What was what was the thing that they had? They had a three headed monster. They had a great coach. They had a great GM, and they had drafted players that believed in what was going on, and they were raised there. And you know, and that was the difference. And I think that Buffalo, when they got away from the when when the Super Bowl era ended and and the last playoff appearance happened, they missed on some draft picks. They tried to bring guys in. Mm. It doesn't work that way. You have to draft well in Buffalo. You have to have great coaching, great GM, and you re-raise these players up. And then guys like Von Miller go, hey man, I want to go play there because the guys that are there validate what's going on. Right, right. And then when they get there, they understand how how awesome it is. I mean uh, who was it? Was it Mario Williams that they went and gave a hundred million dollars to in that yep. stretch? And he what he turned there was nothing. No, he no, he did. No, he, no, that's not true. So Mario Williams. So I got I got blocked by profootballtalk.com over the Mario Williams thing because oh, they, really? yeah, they were talking about how it was not gonna happen, it was not gonna happen, and I was like all up in their mentions. And then when it did happen, I was like, yeah, like and they blocked right. him for a long time. No, he actually the first four years he was here, he was un, an unstoppable machine. And what gets lost with the Mario Williams thing is the last year he was here with Rex Ryan. Rex was having moved him into a three four. Oh, the hybrid three four is the same thing as a four three, Jerry. Right. It's not. They're it's completely, not, no. completely different. No. And when it's you are not. an edge rusher and that's all you do is pin your ears back and set the edge and go after the quarterback like Mario did, asking him to drop in coverage, it just destroyed his personality and his love for the game. Go ahead. But the point I was trying to make more than that was. At the time, a hundred million dollars was a record contract. Oh, yeah. It was it oh, yeah. was it was way over what yes. market value was, but that's what they were having to do to get these guys yes. to show up because there was nobody on the roster that could validate how awesome this place is, right? Right, right. right. Well, now if you look at the Bills roster and you 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 know, you look at Josh Allen, you know, and you look at the guys they have, it's like you got validation across the board. Look at Stefan Diggs. I mean, Stefan loves the place. Loves it. You know, he went from one cold place with a roof to a cold place without a roof, and he'd rather stay there. It's like, <laughs> um, so that's the big thing. I mean, Super small good. market teams really have a small margin of error. Yeah, yeah. And 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 after that playoff, after the Super Bowl run and the playoff run and that 17-year drought, um, you know, Ralph had been getting, you know, Ralph was getting up there. Things were a little bit different. There was a revolving door in the general, the general manager spot. Um, you know, I, I say that now, I mean, I, I remember the day we got called to the indoor facility and we, we, we all stood around and huddled around John Butler and he said, I'm gone, mm, you know, I that. I Ralph, that Ralph fired me and I'm gone. Yeah. And he ended up going to San Diego and having success there. So, mm -hmm. 
there's there's a real fine line on small market teams and and now this is back you got a great coach in McDermott you got Bean who's a great general manager and now you got guys like Josh Allen and stuff that you drafted mm. that can validate what you got going on as far as a program and then these guys get here and they're like this is a wonderful community the schools are great the people are kind yep, yep. um no i know it's cold in the winter but the springs and the summers are amazing right. um and the falls aren't bad <laughs> and if i got hey and, and check it man if i gotta go do something if i really really have that itch and i'm that dude that's gotta go do something i can hop in a in a car or a transport and go up to toronto that's an hour and whatever minutes away and have all the fun i want so that's right that's right you know so it's, it's i think that's what the difference is it's wild because so many of those players and people just get here and never leave and jim kelly is the banner right jim kelly did everything he could to not come to buffalo to to include escaping and leaving the nfl to go to the usfl and was you know came here reluctantly because the USFL was closing, and I'll never forget the day that he retires, standing on the stage crying. Yeah. Buffalo is my home. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, he he never left. So many of those players never left. Scotty Bowman, right, was a coach for the Buffalo Sabres for years and then ended up going to Detroit and won championships there, still lives in Buffalo. Like, right. all, like so many people, when they get here, it's it's just weird that that happens, but it's it's exciting to see just the shift and the, and, and people realizing again what's great about this community and all, you know, and just being a part of it and wanting to be a part of it, which is great. So we can move on for that. That's a fantastic answer. I, I appreciate that. And just, I told you before the show, I'll tell everybody else, I've got Jerry O here. So I'm going to ask him questions <laughs> versus we're going to have a conversation, but right, if I right, right. ask questions, I'm going to. Uh, Trey White is no longer in a red non-contact jersey, which basically means, if I understand this correctly, he's no longer injured. Uh, however, he is going to be held out of this game for me. And I've got just thoughts, question mark for me. I think it's just more of the if we have the ability, the luxury to give him another week to not pressure him or put him to the test, you know, why would why would we not take advantage of that? You know, the the the, the Packers, we're gonna talk about it. They uh their wide receiver core is much maligned and uh not great uh for this football game. And when you watch what the the corners we have currently have done so far this year, Dane, uh Christian Benford, obviously Kair right. Elam you've got to pretty much expect that they're going to be able to handle a bunch of guys that none of us have ever heard of before. Lazard is not playing. Uh, Reno Cobb is not playing. Uh, their, their rookie uh, that they drafted is not playing. So I think it's wise. I think there's a lot of wisdom in not playing Trey. Give him another week. I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to get out there, but for all intents and purposes, if you can leave him on the pine for one more week and, and basically secure the dub without him with an ACL injury, why not? Have you ever seen the movie Old School? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You remember the part? Do you remember the in part the theater, where in the theater? <laughs> you remember the part where Frank the Tank has the uh, debate with James Carville, and he goes first, and he's like, "I think I blacked out." Yeah. And then they go to James Carville, and they go, "What? What do you have to say about that?" And he's like, "That's pretty much perfect." Yeah. Um, that's how I feel about what you just said. <laughs> I don't really have much to add to that. I mean, that's pretty much perfect. I think you, you've got a guy that's that's coming off an ACL. We know that it, when he's healthy, he's a top five cornerback in the league, right? Yep, I mean, yep. he's a tremendous player. So ease him back into it. You have that luxury. You're five and one. Your young guys are playing outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, you've got depth there. Obviously, you showed that you have depth there. You've signed guys off the practice squad that actually played well. Um, so ease him back in, let him, let him, you know, when he starts playing again, maybe he's the nickel guy, maybe he's the dime guy, give him, you know, 10, 15 snaps, just let him ease his yeah. way back in. So that when we get to the playoffs and we have to play those dudes, uh, that wear the red jerseys again, cause at some point we're going to have to, yep. um, you know, he's out there full go and he's able to, 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 you know, shut people down and, and, and do what he does. I'm going to ask a question. That's not going to be popular. Um, so what is it about, from what you've watched, this Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier defense that doesn't require elite defensive backfield talent? And what's so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to qualify or preface this with saying I get that we have one of the best when Micah Hyde is healthy, tan, like safety tandems in the league. I get that Tredavious White is one of the best corners in the league. We've got a first round draft pick in Kair Elam. 
However, this defense and this scheme hides players, whether it's Levi Wallace. And Levi Wallace is a nice player, but he's not Tredavious White. We've started two rookie corners along with Dane Jackson, who was a seventh-round draft pick, right? And Levi Wallace was an undrafted uh, rookie free agent that, that stuck with the team. We've now got DeMar Hamlin playing alongside Jordan Poyer, and this defense isn't really missing a beat, and they're not playing necessarily slouches either. I guess it's a two-part question. What is it about this defense, in your opinion, that that hides defensive backs or protects them, might be a better word, as, as well as it does? And this is the unpopular part. Do we need to pay superstar money to these guys? <laughs> How often do you see our cornerbacks line up a foot from a opposing receiver and and have their hand on his chest and really playing choke choke down man to man coverage? Not often. Not often. And that is that is the beauty of what they're doing. I mean, they're a very they're a highly complex zone football team mm-hmm. most of the time. I think they're if I remember correctly, I think they play a lot of cover four, which is quarters. Um, Leslie Frazier is a guy that is able to disguise a lot of zone coverage. If you notice, we don't give up many big plays, right? Most of the stuff stays in front of us. The drives against us are stuff that is 13 plays, 12 plays, 15 plays. Right. So that's why we, you need coverability. You need to still have ball skills. You need to be able to, to, to play the ball and make plays, but it also, you have to have a feel for, for zone coverage, a feel for the game. And it's about, uh, it's much more of a, a mentality than just a pure raw physical ability, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you saw earlier in the year, Elam maybe didn't start or play in the seventh rounder from Villanova. He got some time before Lee. Is that not correct? Christian Benford? Uh, yeah. I don't know if he was taken in the seventh. It might have been a sixth, but you're Six close. Round, yeah. Close, right. And Split, he was Split playing there. a little bit, he was playing a little bit more before the first rounder, right? Right, right. Does I remember correctly? And uh, some of that has to do with, you know, I'm sure down in Florida, my man was was playing, you know, was playing choke coverage. He was playing tight man and all that. And it takes a little bit of time for some of these man coverage guys to learn that zone scheme and when the pass guys off and how long do I carry that receiver before I let him go and and those types of things. So, um, yeah, I think it's what you're saying. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you have to have a couple – really good ones i mean obviously we've got a tandem we had a tandem at safety that were top in the league right and you had tredavian white um you need some but uh yeah i think you're right maybe it's more important that we have role-playing cornerbacks as opposed to just you know Deion sanders across the board right which I'm actually, would be nice actually but. i'm looking for the bills 2022 schedule because i want to see who we play after green bay is new york okay because uh and the reason is because david lavin says i think we'll really need trey for the vikings game and i wanted to confirm that the vikings game was not the next because you would think that you would want trey to at least get a week under his belt right because right game is not practice practice is not game practice is not preseason preseason is not practice preseason is not game game is not preseason right no you're exactly correct you cannot emulate you cannot emulate and practice what you're going to see in a game just can't do it and Joey Hatch says that, uh, yes, Christian Benford was a seventh. So I didn't know if it was a seventh or a sixth. So I, I'm not a huge draft guy. Sorry. So I'm actually excited about your show for that reason, because it'll give me a level. Well, so you're going to be you're going to be knowing about the draft, because if I have my way, we will have a um, three man rush mock draft. And some of our friends from across the network, IEU, will be <laughs> popping in, making picks for teams. That's awesome. So uh, it'll be fun. Although Daniel Gowry says that Benford was the sixth. So now we've got an argument in the chat. Not really an argument, but like we've got, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily know what the actual, what the is. So, but we can move on from that. I just, I just, we paid Tredavious White. And I remember when his contract was up, like there was great concern or coming up, there was great concern over letting him walk. Right. And now when you watch, you know, and it's the Poyer conversation. I don't want to see Jordan Poyer go anywhere. I want to see him retire a Buffalo Bill. There's an aspect of, you know, what they paid Josh Allen, what they paid Dawson Knox, what they paid Vaughn Miller, uh, Stephon Diggs' new contract, uh, obviously Tredavious White's contract in there, Deion Dawkins' contract is in there. They're having a conversation about OBJ. And at some point in time, they were in the market for Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's due to make $10 million next year. So (laughs) 
Don't right. take away my trade segment yet, Joe. Don't give that away. <laughs> well, you ain't getting Christian McCaffrey <laughs> from the 49ers. All um, I know is that all I know is that the the pack the Panthers without Christian McCaffrey won and the Niners with Christian McCaffrey lost. So yeah, exactly. That's, well, that's exactly right. But I think the common denominator in there is Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Well, it also could it also could be that the Niners played the Chiefs and, and the Panthers played Tampa Bay, right? Yeah. So we're gonna talk trade deadline. So the, the NFL trade deadline is four PM, just so everybody knows, November uh November first, which I think is Tuesday, right? So yes. Halloween is uh Monday. Um, and the topic or the question is, are there any trade thoughts with the deadline looming that can help this team? I'm gonna let you go first. <clears throat> I, uh, you know, it's funny. I think that you look at, you look at what the bills can do. And obviously everybody thinks running back, right? Mm. That's probably the first position is running back. Um, who out there can help the bills? Um, obviously the two names that everybody's talking about right now, as far as available higher end running backs, one is Kareem Hunt from the Browns. Mm -hmm. The other one, Cam Akers. Okay. Well, here's the problem with bringing in like a Cam Akers. He wants to be traded because he's not getting the ball enough. Well, we have like 60, like if the roster's 53, we have 18 running backs on, on our roster that mm -hmm. all seem to get a touch every game, right? I know I'm being facetious, but the point is, I don't think we're ever going to sell out to one running back, right? Right. So, you know, throw those two out the door. I don't think you go out and get Kareem Hunt, although I do like his physical style of play. And if I was to get another running back, it would be a guy who was physical. Right. Because I don't know if we have that, Okay. And I, when I say physical, I always go back to LeGarrette Blunt, that kind well, of physical. Well, Zach Moss you know? is supposed to be that guy, right? Yes, he's supposed to be, but he's not. I don't believe he's that guy. Gotcha. Now I don't know if if the if the if the young buck can get there, um, but we'll we'll see. Um, other things that we could possibly look at. I mean, do we need another tight end? I know Gesicki's coming up in Miami. I don't know if they would trade him with inter, inter, <laughs> interdivision. It'd be awesome. But, right. you know, do we need another tight end? I mean, what happens if Dawson, you know, if Knox gets hurt again? Do we have enough uh, offensive output at tight end that we can, we can go with our backups? And then, you know, you start looking at things like, Joe, do we go ahead and if Kansas City goes and gets a high-end receiver, do we have to match what they do? Right. You know, do we go get another corner? Or do we get another receiver to match the receiver they got? So those are the types of things. But my dream guy, okay, I'm going to give you my dream pick. If I could go out right now and pluck one player from a roster. One guy. And I would, one guy, and I would one put guy. him in Buffalo. I'm going to go with a gentleman that played at McLean High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> and then he played his college football at Alabama. And now he is the running back for the Las Vegas Raiders, and that would be Josh Jacobs. That would guy. be my number one guy I would go try to get and bring in the Buffalo. That is the guy for sure. It's uh, when you look at cap number, when you look at, you know, uh, salary, talent. I mean, he immediately unseats every single running back we have on this team as your RB1. Uh, the question is, is where are the Raiders at and do they believe that they can make the playoffs, right? It's and The Raiders are one of those mysterious teams to me. Um, and I know they've got a new coach in Sean Payton, not Sean Payton, in uh, uh, Josh McDaniel. Sorry. Yes. Um, they've got crazy talent. Like, you know, Devontae, Devontae Adams is there. Josh Jacobs is there. Darren Waller is there. John Abrams on the, on the defense. They've got a good defense. Like, they've got good players on that football right. team. I like Derek Carr. I don't think Derek Carr is the reason that they're losing football games. They're, they're stacked and loaded with talent. They just can't win football games. I, do you do you see them making a trade and like letting Josh Jacobs walk? Do they? I don't think so. I, like I said, it was my dream scenario. I wish that because that's the type of back I think we try to get. Uh, and right. I think the way we play offensively, we have to have a guy that can really catch the ball out of the backfield and do some right. things like that, right. which is what Jacobs does, and that's what he did at Alabama. And also, he'll stick his face in there, and he can pass pro from yeah. the running back spot. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I like him so much. But no, that would be. It would be tough, but I will say this. They are trading players. I mean, they traded, I believe his name is Hankins, big mm. old run stop and nose guard, yep. 340. Yep. Um, they traded him today to uh, to Dallas. Yeah. So they are making some moves. So you yeah, never know. And they wanted to move him. They wanted to move him before the season. Uh, there, was there was conversation or rumors out there that Josh Jacobs would not be on this football team. Uh, I, I, it would be a dream come true. I don't, I'm, I'm not in the Kareem Hunt camp at all. Um, I feel like we've got Kareem Hunt, 
2.0 on our team in Duke Johnson. I think Duke Johnson, yeah, I think Duke Johnson is potentially the second best running back on this football team, which is crazy to think about. And I think it's just a matter of time before he ends up on the starting roster. Um, it's it's surprising to me that he potentially hasn't been plucked yet. Running back is such a mysterious. I think the Buffalo Bills could win a Super Bowl without a running back. I think and I I think think, you're right. I think this year they could possibly do it. I think the question that I have for you and John and I talk about this all the time. Is it the scheme? Is it the play calling? Or is it the offensive lineman? Or is it the freaking running back? What is the problem with the run game? Why can we? I mean, I say that in the Chiefs game, the run game worked. Devin Singletary had himself a pretty good game. But if we remove Josh Allen's numbers, he's got he's on pace to rush for 700 yards this year, Josh Allen. If we remove Josh Allen's numbers from this run game, for the last several years, this run game has just not been good. It's just, what is the problem? You're going to have, I think, either way, you you need to figure out what you want to be, and you're going to have to sell out to it. And mm. I think we run the ball just well enough to keep teams honest. Um, I don't think they really care to go out there and rush for 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 two, 300 yards. I mean, really, what is what is the rush number now? I mean, if you look at rush numbers across the board, like, is it 100 yards anymore? Is it 200 yards, you know? I mean, what's what's that magical number? Before it was when a back had 100 yards, it was amazing, but – yeah, also back in the day when a when a quarterback had 300 yards, it was an amazing day. Now they're we're talking about 400 and 450. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I think that it's a little bit of a mentality as far as what do they really want to do. And and right now, I think the running game is something that keeps other teams honest. And they do a lot of if you watch the Bills and the way they throw the ball around, they run the ball a lot mm-hmm. by passing it, meaning these little swing passes, these little mm-hmm. dumps, these quick outs. They're basically running plays, yeah. And sure. um, you know, and that's that's what I think. But let me, before, I want to digress real quick, and then we'll go forward from there. What about this, Joe? I'm going to ask you a question. What if they said, okay, what we're going to do is we got Vaughn on one side, we're going to get, we're going to shock everybody, and we're really going to make our secondary good. We're going to get a guy like Bradley Chubb and mm. put him on the other side of Vaughn and say, okay, now <laughs> we're really going to rush the passer because. The zone, co- the zone coverage we run is going to give these guys a chance to get home. What do you think about that? So I don't even – so Bradley Chubb, uh, you know, there's rumors out right now that uh, tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this in podcast form, Thursday night football, the Denver Broncos play, and that, uh, <laughs> that Nathaniel Hackett is coaching for his job. Uh, right. I don't think that Nathaniel Hackett is the problem with Russ Wilson. I think Russ Wilson is just – not a good quarterback for whatever reason. The question is again: Are they in rebuild mode? Would Vaughn Miller love to be reunited with 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 Chubb on this football team? I, what, I mean, what do you think yet, about that? I think it's amazing. I think it's, I, I I don't think it's possible just because I think this football team likes the guys they have. I think they, they like do. Greg Rousseau. I think they like Boogie Basham and AJ Epinesa. And I think the the moves they made with Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, bringing Jordan Phillips back has paid off in spades. Uh, And I think that even Shaq Lawson coming back to this football team. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that's committed to setting the edge. Shaq Lawson had himself a game in Kansas city. Like that dude just plays well. He does, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go on my deathbed saying that Rousseau would be an unbelievable three technique. Well, I think they want, the idea was they potentially, they did it last year. They moved him inside a little bit. I mean, he's more weight on him and just say, you are a three technique now. So we got enough outside guys. You are. I've, a got, I've gotten in Twitter fights with content creators, <clears throat> Twitter spats, not fights, Twitter spats where it ended in. Why do you even care? Like towards me, Greg Rousseau is not six foot six. He's list. And that's another thing too. You played in the NFL. What is with <laughs> these player profiles where like the measurements and the stuff is wrong. It says he's six foot six. And like, he stands next to Daryl Johnson, who is six foot six. And some of these other guys, Boogie Basham, and he's towering over them by several inches. I've stood next to Greg Rousseau. Every bit of six eight. That, that's right. a big old boy. That dude right. is huge. Like, but so, I played against. We played against. You know, ask John. We played against Leon Lett. Leon Lett was every bit of six five, six six. That tall. Me made him taller. And he length inside causes a lot of issues. Well, Jason, especially Pierre, Jason yeah. Pierre Paul. Jason Pierre Paul is that guy, right? And especially yeah, and especially in today's game where we're going to more longer, leaner type offensive linemen. Length at the defensive tackle spots is really hard to deal with because you, you can't that. get into anybody. And so, um, it could be, I don't know, it could be interesting. 
it's you're not you're not wrong it's i don't i don't know where i'm at on the trade thing gasecki i love mike gasecki um he's a, non, he's a non-blocking tight end and right. i can imagine the dolphins would trade mike gasecki to the bills um tight end is an interesting conversation something's going on there dawson knox has been wildly invisible not because of himself right. but because of scheme or something that's going on blocking i don't we don't know necessarily um where the ball is supposed to be going right uh, as far as that goes running back seems to, like we talked corner yeah. but it's tr- trey's coming back corner's not a problem we when i say we talked corner early in the year like the bills have to do right some Aiden guys are out there safety i don't know i think demar hamlin and jaquan johnson can handle that role um people i know people want to replace ryan bates right now i think ryan bates is playing good i think this offensive line is good um i don't know what i think running back is the only eyesore on this football team right now right we have another tight end i wanted to say that he's not he's not listed as a tight end but we have another tight end that's reggie gilliam I for mean, sure if you look if you look how they use him he's just an h you know well, he's he a was, glorified Re- yeah. Reggie was a, as a or when he came to Buffalo, he was a tight end, and they right. moved him to the H back to the fullback. Right. So we have another tight end there. So we got you know we got enough there. But I, I, I'm with you. I think that if you can get a highly productive running back, that's what you do. And like I said, my dream back would be Josh Jacobs. I mean, I could not absolutely believe what he would do in this offense. It would be yeah. ridiculous for sure. So I'm going to put you on the spot. So uh, a trade happened today in the NFL. You sent me the tweet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that uh, Robert Quinn was traded from the bears to the Eagles. And you have to assume that the Eagles are powering up right to play against a team like the Buffalo bills, potentially They're And they're, they went and they got a really strong pat, pass rusher. I'm going to show you a press conference reaction from uh, uh, Roquan Smith. And then I want to ask you the question, if there was anybody that if in your playing career in your tenure with the Buffalo Bills, if anybody was ever traded that basically had you react like this. So this is Roquan Smith's reaction to uh, Robert Quinn getting traded today. I'm going to take a second for a second, if you don't mind. No, I have a great deal of respect for that guy, you know. Damn. Crazy. Walks off. Dude just walks off. Yep. And the Bears are not a good football team. <laughs> yep. that's, what, that's what playing with that guy meant to him. Yep. That's um, I never we don't really we didn't do trades back when I played very much. I mean, there were very few and far between, but I can remember feeling that way when Ken Hull retired. Um, you know, that was because you may and and it was funny, Kent and Jim both, but you know, obviously Kent because he played the position I played and he was his arm, he was so open armed when you come when you when I came in and um. You know, even even <laughs> even directed me to the to the seat I was going to sit in on the airplane. Mm. He was like, "Hey, come here. You're sitting here, okay?" And that's where I sat for ten years, right? right next sat to in the Kent. same seat. Uh, no, right in front of Kent. Because okay, the reason Kent. why was because Kent sat in the middle of the of the row, and he always there's an old trick we used to have is we Steve Task used to bring a ratchet a ratchet wrench on the plane, and you can ratchet wrench the seats, and the seats will just go boof and they'll fall down. <laughs> so. Kent would ratchet wrench that middle seat and it would just go boof and he would put his feet up because he was a tall guy, right? So, hey, man, I was just happy I was on the plane. I could give a rats if somebody had their feet next to me, right? Right. So uh, so anyway, that's kind of how it started. But no, Kent was a guy that just, you know, between myself and he did it with John. He did it with Ruben. Um, amazing dude. The other guy was Jim. I mean, Jim was, Jim never met a stranger. Uh, yeah. Everybody was Jim's friend. I remember when I was, nothing i mean i was cut twice i was in buffalo i was on the practice squad i just it was the off season i just worked out i'm trying to earn my 200 bucks a week and my workout money and jim walks into the locker room and looks at me goes you like car racing i'm like uh yeah it's like the i love car racing he goes okay well you're coming with me to toronto this weekend we're going to toronto grand prix and we're going to be we're going to be guests of alan Tr jr and team penske i'll send you i'll talk to you later we'll give you some more info and i'm like Okay. And we went to, and what he didn't know was Alan and this is the honest to God truth. What he did not know was Alan Jr. was my favorite driver. 
And Team Penske was from Reading, Pennsylvania, by where I grew up, and it was my right. favorite race team. Right, right. And now I'm going with this guy that's going to be a Hall of Famer. It's just ridiculous. A little ridiculous. So, but. yeah, when he retired, it was very emotional. And same thing with Kent. But, uh, no, I, I have a lot of respect for Roquan Smith. That's a big deal. And and there's players like that that you you when they leave, it, it affects you. Yeah, for sure. And I, I still remember to this day, Black I call it Black Monday, the day that Thurman, Andre, and Bruce were all cut from that football team that you were on. Like it was a it was yeah. a crazy day. I, I remember being like, uh, where do we go from here? Like that. Yeah, it was, just, yeah, it was a tough day. But let's move on because we're getting uh this this show's getting long a little bit and uh, we haven't even talked or we, we still gotta get to the, the, the Packers stuff too. Right. But, Real quick, we'll just touch the injury reports. The good news is, is the injury report is relatively clean. Uh, so we'll just literally buzz straight over this. Uh, Jake Kumaro was li- limited uh, today. Cam Lewis was a full participant. Mitch Morris limited. You got to think it's just like more elbow stuff, vet rest day. Jordan Phillips, hamstring limited, vet rest, it says. And then Jordan Poyer with the lung situation. Dude, how crazy. Did You, you heard about that, right? That he yeah. drove to Kansas City. Yeah. I've driven that from Buffalo many times because I went to college in Springfield. But oh, yeah. It's like, uh, bro, like it's a long drive. Yeah, 15 hours in a sprinter van. And then on the way back, my man took his daughter. Right. He had his little daughter with him caught up in that sprinter van for 15 hours. I, mean, I think she went down that. and back. I think she went down and back. because oh, she, she did? Made, yeah, she made the comment because uh, they stayed at the same hotel on the way back. And she was like, weren't we just here yesterday? And he was like, yes, we were, baby. Oh, <laughs> so they didn't, they didn't go straight through? They stopped? They stopped, yeah, both oh, ways wow. on the way. They stopped in Indiana wow. somewhere, which Indiana is the worst state. One of the Indiana and Georgia, two worst states to drive through. They just never seem to end. Yeah, well, Kansas, no Kansas also is not great either. Just flat cornfields. And Terre Haute, and Terre Haute was a halfway point for me when I drove to Buffalo, and that place is just. <laughs> this is Kansas cornfield, cornfield, cornfield. <laughs> Leavenworth, Le- that's Leavenworth. Yes. Corn- cornfield, yes. cornfield, 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 cornfield. Yes. Like just flat cornfields and Leavenworth. That's well, now I don't know if you've been there, but now it's nothing but a bunch of spinning Mercedes emblems in the air and oh. all these all these wind uh, turbine generators uh, that gotcha. yeah that are just the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. They're just don't, hideous. Don't get me started. <laughs> So yeah, let's move on. So the, the, the Green Bay Packers are coming to Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills are hosting the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football. Uh, High-level thoughts on this football game for you? I am a huge – I'm still a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I like you? Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is is the man. He's mm-hmm. legit. I, I don't know if I talked about this here or not, but I remember watching their game over in London, I believe, and he uh, threw a touchdown pass to Mercedes Lewis. It was like his 502nd or 504th touchdown pass. Right. The statistic was it was the first time he's ever thrown a touchdown pass to a receiver that was drafted in the first round Mm. out of that many touchdown passes. They have a massive talent purge up there right now in Green Bay. That is the issue. Offensively, he has nobody to throw the ball to. I watched the game um, and went through and looked at it. Screen passes galore, short passes galore. Lazard was playing, but he wasn't obviously anywhere near totally healthy. He threw the ball down the middle, took a shot maybe twice in this game, Joe. Mm. So on, so on Aaron Rodgers like. And defenses are sitting there. They don't have there's no stress from receivers that they're playing against. And they're playing safe and they're saying, we're going to keep him from making plays with his feet. And, you know, they just can't stretch the field right now. And it's right. it's sad because Rodgers being as you know, we want athletes to be honest, right? And when they're honest, <laughs> then they get bit. And, you know, he's honest. If you watch his his Pat McAfee interviews, he's as honest as they come. And what, what is your now take, everybody's turning on him. What's your take on just where he has been uh, in the last week or so, primarily this week, with this conversations, we're playing the wrong guys, uh, we're running the wrong plays, like right. – like, I want I want it I want to find a way to correlate it to your experience with Jim, but I don't think it happened that way. I think Jim was Jim was I mean he wasn't the offensive coordinator, but Jim was kind of the offensive coordinator. I and you got to wonder if that's what's going on there. No, 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 Aaron, we're going to run the plays. I want to call. I'm trying to think of a, a similar situation that's happened in Buffalo, and I can't think of one where like the the coordinator came. I guess there, there was enough you know moxie arrogance where the head coach was like no no no, we're gonna do things i want to do i don't care what you want to do like i know you who you I don't, I don't know what are your thoughts i all that to to ask that question what are your thoughts on his if you were a player in that locker room is he saying the right, right things or is he saying the wrong things well first of all if 
there was there was one instance like that in Buffalo that happened where they were trying to make Jim run a certain offense, and that ended that experiment ended towards the uh, middle of the preseason. <laughs> I remember the exact moment when it ended, and we can talk about that off Tell air. The story. I love the so, story. Tell it. Oh, uh, uh, you, uh, you, <laughs> you Gardner. Okay. <laughs> so. Did you hear me say this, or was this John? Did John give the story? I, think it was, I don't know. It was one of you, but I love the story, so go for it. So we're in Denver in the preseason, and we we go out and have about two or three drives, and and this this offseason, we've decided that everybody's caught up to the K-Gun. We're not going to run it anymore. We're going to run a pure eye set, you know, eye formation. Carwell Garner's going to be our fullback. We're going to do all this, and so we're about three. This is the third game of the preseason where you the starters play a lot, and we're in mile high. And we've got about two or three drives in, and we're just awful. I mean, three and outs and just awful. So we we come out to the huddle, and Jim basically is like, Nut boys, we're not doing this anymore. We're going back. He sends Carwell off. Next thing you know, comes out. We're back in K-Gun, and we go, bing, 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 four-play score, a touchdown. And uh, we, never ran, we never ran the fullback set again, I think, the rest of the year, unless it was short yardage goal line. Uh, we ran cake on the rest of the time. So, but, but that's that was, what, you that's know, what, that's what it comes down to. Right. So we're, I mean, it, this weekend is going to tell a story. So it's going to tell the story of Aaron Rodgers came out. Things aren't working. They've lost three in a row, which is unbelievable that Aaron right. Rodgers has lost three games in a row. Um, but this, this game is going to tell a story. If they lose, if they do everything the same, they lose a fourth game in a row. It's more of the same, right? This isn't working wrong players, wrong plays yada 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 people need to take accountability i can't do this by myself if somehow aaron gets his way and they start running the plays he wants to play and they win right and that offense comes to life then that's a jim kelly moment that's a aaron's right right i i don't yeah and i don't think it's uh i don't think it's disrespect at all i think that these guys have played and and done things to their strength a long time they know what they can and can't do right and if i'm paying aaron Rodgers the money i'm paying him and he wants to do it a certain way then we're going to do it that way and if it doesn't work then we'll move aaron Rodgers and we'll go a different direction but right, right now there is a the power struggle in green bay started last year um and he had he didn't dispose of but he won the battle with the general manager and those guys and his sights are directly set upon the head coach at this moment mm. and i i would like to call the head coach and tell him that you're not going to win this well, he's mike, not going to win this one mike mccarthy did not either so. right and and mike mike did some seriously bad things like for instance cut his quarterback coach which was a guy named by the name of alex van pellet if anybody remembers oh, yeah. him Yep. That was that was Aaron Rodgers' longtime quarterback coach. And when he he cut him without he fired him without asking uh Rodgers. And that set Aaron off. That was kind of that was kind of the final straw. Right, right, right. Um and so yeah, you you need to Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback that's won First a Super ballot. Bowl. First ballot. Yeah. They need to let him do what he does. Let him eat. And if he can't get it done anymore, then you'll go somewhere else. But the worst thing that they do is try to take these older guys and fit them into a system that you know what you got coming, man. Let them do their thing. Yeah, there's an aspect of we saw it with Tampa, right? And 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 Tom Brady. Tom Brady went down there, and Arians kind of wanted to press on him a little bit, and hey, do my thing. And Tom's like, I don't do your thing. I do my thing. And as soon as they let right. him do his thing, they won a Super Bowl, right? Now, right. and we're kind of in this weird space again with Todd Bowles, which to me just proves that Todd Bowles isn't necessarily a very good head coach. I'm but, surprised uh, they didn't go with Byron Leftwich, to be honest with you. Agreed, but uh, Byron Leftwich might be uh, headed out the door at the rate that offense is going. So you wanted to talk about this. Reigning, the reigning back-to-back -back NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers is facing off against this week, Josh, who was the favorite to be the MVP of the NFL this year for the second time in their career. You feel like there's comparisons between these two. I think there's a ton of comparisons. I think, they're, I, think they're, I think they're ruthless competitors. I, mm. think, they're, I think they're supreme elite athletes at that position a position where back in the day we didn't see that type of athlete and now um you know you see it more it's more prevalent in the game but these the, these two are even more elite than most mm. um they both have they both have big arms they're incredibly smart they can make plays to their feet they're both from you know the obvious is they're both from california um <laughs> so uh, now i don't know if aaron Rodgers, you know he had to 
you know, we, we don't know if we can do the whole Josh had to send out a letter to every Division One team before somebody finally gave him a shot. You know, I don't think we did that with Aaron, but there's a lot of similarities there, man. I bet you and if you really gave Josh Allen the truth serum, Aaron Rodgers was a big part of his uh, – his development, I bet you he was a mentor. Well, two two things. Number one, they come so their entrances into the NFL are are complete opposites. So Josh right. Allen, humble, told no every single step of the way. We interviewed his dad, Joel Allen, yesterday. John Fina and I did, and you know, dad encouraging him, encouraging him, and reaching for the stars, and you know, fulfill your dreams, all that stuff. Aaron entered the NFL kind of entitled, right? Like, no, right. I'm the man. And then, like, he entered the NFL, I'm the man, and got put on the bench for a year behind Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this in the truck today because I was I had about a two-hour drive today. And I was just like, there's an aspect. I, I, I picture myself in Aaron Rodgers' shoes as a rookie being like, why did you draft me if you were just going to set me on the bench? And Brett Favre thinking, why is this kid here? I can still play. <laughs> Right. Right. And Aaron Rodgers, in his mind, is a rookie thinking, this is ridiculous. I would never do this. This is stupid. I hate this. Like all the things that he could probably be thinking. Brett Favre didn't help him at all. We've heard that story that Brett Favre didn't like, you know, mentor him or coach coach him or yada, yada, yada. And then you advance however many teen years it's been. Same exact scenario. And Aaron Rodgers is realizing exactly why Brett Favre didn't help him. Right. Aaron Rodgers, like I've got gas in the tank. I'm not done. Why would you draft that kid? Like I'm here. Right. Really so. weird scenario. The only other time I saw it was, if you remember, that same scenario played out in San Francisco with uh, Joe uh, Montana, Steve Montana and Steve Montana. Young. That's right. That's the only exactly. other time I've seen that happen. Yeah, and, and it's, um, it's 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 those two situations are probably the only situations where they made the right choice. The teams made the right choice. Cut the veteran Hall of Famer for the young guy. Right. right. Uh, generally speaking, that doesn't work. No. <laughs> Uh, you can't really say that that you can't really say that was the case with Bledsoe and and Brady. Um, uh, you know, Brady was drafted so low. Bledsoe yeah, but, was, but, but you know, I, I like I like Drew Bledsoe. Um, we're gonna have him on the Fina show soon, so I don't want to say negative comment. Like, no, I, I, no, I like I'm not Drew saying anything negative. I'm just yeah. saying, I'm just saying, you know, I'm talking about going Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. Right, right, right exactly. Just, the Bledsoe was in a Hall of Famer, so there's generally speaking, when you've got a Hall of Famer on the team. And you're ready to cut him loose for the next guy, young kid that's on the be- Jim Kelly, Todd Collins. Oh, right. he looks like Jim. He throws like Jim. He <laughs> he thinks like Jim. Uh, I got news for you. That's not Jim Kelly. I've seen right. Jim Kelly play, and that dude is not Jim Kelly. So it just right. generally doesn't work out. Uh, you asked the question about, or you said uh, mentoring. So Josh Allen in his press conference today talked about all the help that Aaron has been to to, to Josh talking about uh you know right foot back in the shotgun left foot back in the shotgun if the ball is yep. trying to come out quick uh the little jump step that that josh as much as josh said last year he got the jump step from aaron it was kind of inferred that he like watched video no 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 he talked to aaron about that little jump step that he does and he's incorporated it into his game so what you said is pointed and accurate josh absolutely kind of has been mentored by aaron the one thing about the one thing about those guys, especially Aaron Rodgers, they're very, um, you know, he says what he says right now about his football team because I, he probably doesn't respect many of those guys, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's true. That's the way it should be, or shouldn't be, but that's just Aaron. And if he's, you know, he's a very much real, recognizes real guy, you know, real yeah. recognizes real, and he he sees that in Josh, and is more than willing to help him out and. Uh, you know, help him develop. That's awesome. I was, I hadn't seen that press conference, but I imagine just kind of how it was. I bet that Aaron was a big influence on Josh's career. Real quick. We got uh, one more topic I want to run by you and then we'll get to game predictions and stat lines. And I'll, so if you're in the, if you're, if you're with us live right now on the Humpty hotline, uh, throw your stat prediction, Josh Allen stat line prediction uh, and uh, your game score prediction, by the way, uh, Joel Allen, Josh's dad predicted 34 to 17 Buffalo bills yesterday on the john fina show uh but we'll get to that in a second so if you guys want to throw that in there and i'll I'll throw them up on the screen while while john or jerry is answering the question the packers offense is not clicking and that team has not been the same since the nfc championship uh, lost to the 49ers last year actually at home in the snow which shouldn't happen right as we hear about home field advantage and weather and all the crap what is wrong with the Packers offense that you've seen and can it be righted? So is, I guess the question is, is, is there a path to victory for the Packers this weekend against the Buffalo Bills outside of the Dick Duran model of keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands? 
Well, I was going to say they're going to have to, to figure out a way to, to control the football and run the ball with what they got. They got a really good back, right. and his name slips my mind, but he's a very dynamic young Aaron kid. Jones, A.J. Dillon. Yeah. Aaron yep. Jones, A.J. They can run the football and get after it. Their biggest issue is they cannot they cannot stretch the field. Um, they cannot and, – and I say that and they'll do something crazy, but, um, you know, they are not making – and if you looked at the Green Bay offenses in the past – they had a they probably had two to three explosive plays a game. Yeah. They were kind of a they would they would hit you, hit you, hit you. The next thing you know, they're going over the top. And um they just do not do that right now. Um I don't think that they are they're very good at receiver. Like I said, Lazard is out, I believe again. Yes, he is. Um so no is dynamic Randall, tight ends. Randall Cobb is out. Well Robert, right. I like Robert Tunyon, but Robert Tunyon to me yeah. is another one of those. Is Robert Tunyon good or does Aaron Rodgers make Robert Tunyon good? Right, right. And when I say that, I mean I'm I don't think Robert Tunyon's Dawson Knox. I don't think Robert Tunyon right. is is right. is Kelsey. I don't think he's, you know, whoever. So um they just they're not in the and if they get behind, it's gonna be hard for them to come back. So I think for them to be successful this week, they're going to have to find a way to turn over the Bills and turn them over early. And if you look at one thing our offense has done, our one weakness, the one thing we've done poorly is protect the football mm-hmm. early in games. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I like I like Mr. Allen's 34-17 to 17 prediction, but I could see this game being a typical Bills game where it's tight in the first half and they come out and just, mm-hmm. you know, go crazy in the second half. But, no, Green Bay just has to find a way to make explosive plays and whether that's turning them over, whether it's special teams on returns or whether it is, uh, you know, whether it's somehow some, some way finding the way to stretch the field at the receiver spot. Um, you know, they ain't got I, much time to figure it out. I said in the overreaction post game show on Sunday for the bye week that the Buffalo bills are the best team in football and it's not close. And the reason that I felt confident in saying that was because every to this point this year, every time the Bills have had struggles, it isn't because the other team was beating them. It's because they were beating themselves. The only team, like when you look at certain teams in the NFL, and and I and I I I I compared them to the dynasty like powerhouse years of the Patriots. The Patriots lost games in those years, but the Patriots didn't lose games because they got beat. They lost games in those years because they beat themselves. And that's right. very much who this football team is right now. This football team is the best team in football, hands down, across the board. Nobody's better. And when it comes down to the Miami game, they beat themselves. Early in the in the Ravens game, they were beating themselves. As long as they can keep, the, keep themselves from beating themselves and poorly executing, they shouldn't lose another football game this year. They potentially, I said at the beginning of the year, they could, like, when you look at the schedule, they could have gone undefeated this year. There isn't a team on this schedule, in my opinion, save the Chiefs, maybe the Vikings that they even needed to be afraid of, right? No, I don't think the Bills should be afraid of anybody. And once again, uh, if I'm playing the role in Mr. Carville, you're you're 100% correct. I mean, I don't know what to add to that. I mean, that is exactly what they've been when they – I still think they win the Miami game if, they, if Josh doesn't turn that ball over inside the 10-yard line and they get the touchdown early in the game on the, on the fumble. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's 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 the part of being a great team, and it's it's the thing that's the hardest. I think people need to realize that when you're that good, and you know you're that good, are you able to flip the switch every week and play to your potential? Because when it comes down to it, even though these teams might not have the record you have or have the players that you have, mm. these guys get paid too. That's right. Okay, they that's get right. paid too. They're professionals. They have pride. They're going to go out there and be prepared and play hard. And you've got to make sure you, because you're going to get everybody's best shot. Yep. So you got to make sure you're prepared. And that's the hardest thing as being a really good football team. It really is. I have a follow up to that. Before that, we're going to do game <laughs> predictions and stat lines. And I want everybody to jump in the comment section now. I already asked for it once, and I only got one. Uh, what, what do you do? You want me to go first, or do you want to go first as far as game? So every week, I know you haven't done the Hump Day Hotline with with me yet, or with Jay Spence yet. So we do a, just a game prediction, score prediction, and then a Josh right. stat line. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? You go first. So I said in on the uh, Phoenix show yesterday with Joel Allen after he said thirty four to seventeen that I I watched a reel that talked about it was it was a sports betting reel, and it talked about every time there was a do, like a double digit uh, underdog in a game to bet the under, 
because basically the 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 opposing team was not going to score a lot of points and they were going to do everything in their power to keep the other team from getting the football which is basically going to run the clock out keep the score low so i i effectively was like well this might not be a very high scoring game so i think i went he said 34 i think i went 27 i think i'm probably more in the range of 24 to 14 20 one to i don't i can't imagine them scoring 17 points but we'll see but i'm probably in that 24 to 14 24 to 10 range which is still beating the spread but keeping the keeping the score close i think josh allen you know he's probably in that 280 300 range uh as far as yards goes he's what throwing two to three touchdowns every single game anyway so his average is 330 so i bet you he's probably in that 300 to 330 range a couple of touchdowns for me Maybe he throws a pick. Maybe not. That defense is good. That Packers defense is good. What do you got? Um, just because I can't be exactly like Josh's dad, I'm going to go ahead and say 38 to uh, 20. Oh, close um, to EB there. Um, <laughs> I'm oh, really yeah. EB's 38 14. Nice. Right, I'm going to say right. 38 to 20. Um, I think that um, you know Green Bay will score some points. They're just I, I just think Rodgers is too good, yeah. and he's got too much pride to to not go out and play hard and 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 get after it but the thing that i the thing that i think we're going to see is i think that we're going to see somebody and it's not going to be i don't think it's going to be Diggs. i don't think it's going to be it's going to be an isaiah mckenzie it's going to be a shakur somebody's going to somebody in that third third to fourth range wide receiver is going to have a huge game right um right. you know like i said whether it's mckenzie um gabe davis obviously gabe davis is a dog man he's tremendous i love gabe davis but i think it's going to be one of the third fourth receiver type player to have a big game josh will throw for 300 um you know high high quarterback rating i don't know if it's going to be super high because i think he will he can't help himself he's going to turn it over at some point (laughs) so (laughs) i just hope it's not too detrimental but um while you you know Yeah, but I I think it'll be a good game for the Bills. I think they'll be excited. And here's the factor that nobody else wants to talk about. Sunday night football in Buffalo, New York, folks. I mean, there is no, there is no, where would you rather be than right there, right now, right? I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, the game prep that the fans are going to be doing Sunday night, um, it's going to be awesome. Awesome. I'm going to leave you and leave everybody else with this last question. The Buffalo Bills preach, and we've heard it ad nauseum this season, one game at a time. I don't even know who we're playing next week. Uh, the big, the most biggest game, most important game, is the game that's on our schedule this week. From your experience, bullshit. <laughs> is that possible or not? <laughs> it's possible, and what it is, it's 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 what coaches do to keep really really good teams focused. And this goes back to a few minutes ago when we we're talking about. Uh, the hardest thing to do is, as as an elite team is to play elite every week. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You shorten the season to one game, and you know you hear it all the time. My son gave an interview last week uh, in the Tulsa World, and the guy asked him a question. He goes, "You know, all we're thinking about is going to Philadelphia, playing Temple, and leaving one and zero." Right. And it's their, you know, it's their seventh game of the season. Right. Um, it's just a way to keep. It's just a way to keep guys focused on the task at hand. It's so hard. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm serious. I don't think people get it. When you go 17 weeks, you have a preseason, you know, which is three games now. You have all this time. It's so hard. It's human nature to want to go, you know, especially coming off a of bye week. I got to look at Josh wearing that ugly brown and yellow jersey. By the way, Josh, how was that Bryce Harper home run for you? Um, <laughs> it, it's, you know, it's 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 hard it's hard it's hard to keep guys focused when they're that good and and that's all coaches doing he's just trying to keep them focused on the task at hand super super good ladies and gentlemen you've been tuned into the hump day hotline on the buffalo rumblings vidcast network presented by picasso's pizza my name is joe miller you can find me on twitter at joe miller wired that guy right there is jerry ostrowski one more time for the people that were not here at the beginning jerry what do you've got what do you have going on it uh with uh, what, what, the announcement, real quick. So shorten okay. the thing. So what do you got going on? Okay, uh, Sarah, um, Colt, myself, we are going to s- start a new show next Thursday. It's going to be called Three Man Rush. It's going to be here on the Buffalo Rumblings uh, uh, networks. Uh, we're going to be talking predominantly, um, probably 80%, maybe more, college football, something we don't really have on the Buffalo Rumblings network. We're going to get into college football, like I said. We got people, we got Sarah on the East Coast, Colts on the West Coast. I'm in the middle of the flyover states. We got the whole country covered. We're going to talk college football. 
all the big games. And of course, we will have some Buffalo Bills talk and hopefully we'll run this thing into the offseason as well. Get into the draft, get into the roster uh, of the Bills and where some guys can help us and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm excited, man. Yeah. Awesome people to be able to work with. And it's going to be a really, really good time. Look, for, we're going to have a Twitter page. We'll have some stuff out there on social media. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to kick it off next Thursday. Looking forward to it. Three man rush coming to the Buffalo Rumblings airwaves soon, starring Jerry Ostrowski, Colt Schroeder, and Sarah Larson. Jerry O, thank you for being a part of the show today. Man, every time I get to fill in, man, I, I appreciate it. This is awful fun. <laughs> awful fun. I agree. It's a good time. So uh, for myself, for Jay Spencer King, for Buffalo Rumblings, for everybody, tomorrow night, uh, the Buffalo Nerd, Colt Schroeder, Friday night, food for thought. Uh, but uh, Jerry, any final thoughts? Hey, man, I'm excited. I'm just like I said earlier, Sunday night football in, in I should say, Orchard Park, New York. It but is. I'm going to say Buffalo, New York. Uh, best fans in the league and the best market in the league. I'm excited to see it. Awesome. For myself, for Jerry O, for Jay Spencer King, for Buffalo Rumblings, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.